What's up, Internet? You're tuned into this week's episode of We Watch Invincible, where we are, of course, reviewing Invincible Episode 6. You look kind of dead, which is what I say to Phil every week when he shows up. Except this is the first time I've showed up. I know. Look at you, buddy. You're yeah. actually alive. I'm feeling invincible. <laughs> Wait, say it again. Right. I'm feeling invincible. Cut. Cut. No, yeah. title screen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, of course, I am your host uh, this week on We Watch. Pete, I am joined this week by the entirety of the Comics Pals. Sean is here. Hello, hello. Marco is here. Hello, and uh, come to my sewer. Kale is here. He's just laughing. Okay. And Phil is here. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> so uh, before we get into the content of this episode, is anybody surprised that Marco immediately took the opportunity to compare himself to a mad scientist? Anybody? No, I think no. it's tremendous. <laughs> Tremendously on point. Yeah. He would experiment on me in an instant. Baby, like I haven't already. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just imagining Marco, um, you know, in the in the halls of academia, and he's like, "Yale offered me a lab." I could absolutely see that. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. So let's let's jump into this episode. Uh, another another packed one uh, after last week's, which I think um, we mostly agreed felt a little bit tighter. Uh, this one, I think, kind of opened things back up again. Um, you know, we jumped ahead a little bit to get into some of the stuff at upstate university and you know the introduction of like da sinclair and rick and you know um a lot of stuff that is is a little bit further on in the book um which you know speaks to the fact that like the this season one is really kind of jumping all over the map um because the college stuff doesn't really happen until like the 20s i think in the book um so yeah uh a little bit more on the um the mark side of things this week, right? Like, I feel like the show has been really, really focused on, on his career as an, as invincible and training with his father and, and kind of all of that. And in this episode, you know, we see him, um, you know, thinking about giving up the superhero thing and, and potentially like trying his hand at a normal life. Um, and we got a little bit more into the relationship stuff and, and some of that, that it's kind of, uh, taking a bit of a backseat the last couple episodes. So, um, Sean, why don't you start? How did you how'd you feel about episode six? I actually really liked this episode. Um, I was wanting them to slow things down a little bit in terms of showcasing Mark more, like Mark not invincible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that I really liked the introdu- the introduction of Rick and having William be a, a, a character again because he kind of fell off the map for a few uh, episodes. And in the comics, I was constantly annoyed by him. Uh, there's something about this version that I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the fact that um, he's gay and not um, in the comics. He's like, cause he, he does. It is revealed later. That he comes gay, out right? later. Yeah. So you find out that he's been closeted and he's acts like a douchebag because of that. Exactly. The douchebaggery that he has with him in the comics is not present. He's, he's kind of, but not really. He's like, He's fine. He's like more like him. he's more like cracks wise and like kind of snarky, but not like just a straight up like dickhead. Exactly. And so that made his situation in this episode a lot more um, enjoyable. And also, um, I really cared about it. Whereas in the book, I didn't care. I didn't give a shit about him at all. I was like, whatever. I don't care. But here I was way more invested. Um, mm-hmm. I also 
like the way that they because it's 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 a little different that in in this version the situation with rick plays out over the course of one episode in terms of because he was lost in the book for a while for like for like i think over a month yeah he's gone for like weeks before they figure out what happened and it was a lot harder for me to justify mark not doing anything about it in the book versus here it's one night and he's invested in his girlfriend i could totally see a 17 18 year old person just being like whatever dude he's like he's off somewhere it doesn't matter versus a month goes by and you just don't care mm-hmm. so i really like the changes that they made for that storyline i thought it was super effective um and uh yeah i mean we'll get into everything else as we go along but this was probably the episode i enjoyed the most cool cool um yeah, I th- oh go ahead marco yeah sorry I, yeah i was just say i think um i've recently been a little like up or down on some of the episodes and i think this one because it was mark centric made it easier for me to uh compare it to the book um and and for that i think i found it to be more enjoyable um and in particular the evil scientist piece that uh obviously i alluded to at the beginning uh i i think that they played that a little bit better too because it it feels like he was going to be a larger villain in the comic but here he's kind of like a one and done and i I appreciate it because it felt like a a self-contained story how about you kill i just that i think i'm the exact opposite the more i watch Mm -hmm. the show the less i like it especially compared to the book um i beef i find i just i find that the differences are too different um my thing about uh nolan and and omni man just to catch phil up is that they're he's too villainous too mean his his cards are are shown too much versus in the comic um where where you know we there it's a it's a sudden turn versus we're sitting with it the whole time and in this episode again it just felt so hammered on that i when when uh mark says i don't even think i want to be invincible anymore i was like okay yeah that tracks almost exactly with what i said last week i just don't want record record that character to me and uh the like the there and there were several uh pacing issues i had with like the way things play out that made didn't make sense in like a superhero thing uh we can get into the minutia of all that but i just man i just don't care for this as maybe as an adaptation uh but i just don't think i just don't think i like it i i recently have been thinking about how this is going to impact the turn for mark because or the, the the turn for the family overall because mark's going to be totally blindsided but because um debbie won't i don't know how that's going to play out because mm. she's she's been in the background i don't know how she's going to react and obviously it relates back to her drinking somewhat which we saw this episode too um but if she does have that sort of 
a moment where she falls, I feel like it won't be as organic as it was in the in the book because um, it, you you get a glimpse that you know she relaxes with wine, and maybe in this one it starts to sort of thread that idea for you that maybe she uses it as a coping mechanism, but. Um, I don't know how that'll play because I think a large portion of that was her ability to uh, be on the same page as um, as Mark. But now she's going to also have information. And I don't know how that's going to play out for Mark being like, well, my dad lied to me, but you haven't been honest with me either. And I've been totally blindsided by both my parents. And I don't know how that's going to work out. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, so Phil, um, I saved you for last because this is, of course, your first appearance on uh, on We Watch Invincible. So I did want to just give you a brief opportunity to kind of share your thoughts on the series overall and kind of where you're at with it as of episode six. So uh, mostly positive feelings. The one thing I um, I'm not crazy about is the runtime. I think it, hmm. I, I feel like it would benefit more from being a, a traditional 24, 25 minute kind of show. Because uh, sometimes I feel like it's a little long-winded and spends a, like the pacing feels off to me sometimes. But that said, um, I think it's I think it's really good, and uh, the changes that it's made from the source material don't bother me really that much. I, I definitely see where Kale's coming from and how some uh, moments may land differently, but I don't think that's I I don't personally take umbrage with that. I I, I don't think that's a huge problem. Uh, if we're talking about the show collectively, the thing that really stands out to me that I, I didn't understand the full uh, weight of is how great this voice cast is. Like we yeah, got people yeah. like Jason Manzukis here and Gillian Jacobs and like all these really good kind of uh, comedic actors coming in here. And it's really cool. Hell, this episode we just watched open to Justin Roiland from Rick and Morty uh that was out of left field and kind of crazy. Yeah, it's like huh? a minor character. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, um, it, it it's funny because all my invincible uh, consumption has been all within the context of like two months because I've never read a book until we did the book club, sure. and then we have this show. So um, I haven't been able to sit with all this. Like I guess you have, Pete, because you've been you know the big invincible guy for like a decade or whatever right uh but with this all being so new to me i'm kind of here for the ride cool man good i'm glad i'm yeah. glad you're enjoying it um so yeah so i mean like i guess let's jump into some of the the nitty-gritty of of this episode right um picking up from where we left off uh there was you know some pretty significant development um coming off of the the heels of the last episode right of like um, Mark's Mark and the you know the Guardians uh, having that confrontation with Machine Head and and his goons and everything and like you know um obviously like coming out of that pretty pretty worse for wear right and like you know we see Mark is is back on his feet pretty quickly um it seemed like we kind of got a truncation of Black Samson's um hospitalization as well right where like in the book he's kind of in a coma for a while and you know seemingly here he's back up and at him it seems like he got his powers back as well um so really it was like more of a focus on um on monster girl and kind of her recovery and, and what that looks like as well as kind of robots rolling that and kind of you know the the 
development of of their relationship there um because obviously they've kind of you know been getting to know each other a little bit better um i thought that was cool like i i love when um superhero stories address things that you don't really like think about or talk about that much and like that was something i remember phil called out uh in the comic is that like it will kind of approach things like that um either you know and and like fill in that blank or like with a a a certain mundanity that can be rewarding and i feel like you see that with like art right like the idea of like oh yeah who's the guy who makes all the costumes and like actually going and having that relationship but like with this seeing them go through the process of like having to treat wounds on superheroes especially with like monster girl when like her ailment is it's magic like it's a curse right it's not a thing you can fix with just strictly science um i do appreciate that like invincible deals in those things and does it with like a certain amount of just like matter of factness. It was really visceral too. Like it was so bloody. Well, and like the way that like she started convulsing and everything. Yeah. And yeah, like it, it felt like a scene from like a medical drama. They, they're going into like the wounds and within people, these open gash gashes or whatever gashes. Uh, and like, they're not pulling punches. Like these guys are fucked up. Yeah. Uh, some of the, some of the the hyper violence of the show has and continues to bother me, um, but uh, I do think that you know there's merit to what you guys are saying too in terms of the way that they presented that this episode. To the hyper violence, the 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 last hit that uh, Mark gets off on on Da Sinclair, oh, like, oh, on he Marco. Fucking, he fucking dead. There's no <laughs> way he's dead, dude. Yeah, dislocated his jaw. He broke it, yeah, man. Yeah, that was. Oh man, he scrambled his brain. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like it was like how much his jaw turned. I was like, oh yeah. fuck. I was like, that's bad. That's like and, an and irredeemable mad scientist, though. You don't feel any sympathy uh, for what happened. I guess though, my only thought about that, other than what I've already stated, is that there's no. There's no questioning of that. Like, is it cool for Invincible to do that? Is does he less of a hero because he does things like that? What? what there's no with great power comes great responsibility mm. angle to him, and that's something I I really don't like. So I think um, this is the second time that something like that happened, right? Or no? Maybe I'm thinking of when we talked about one of the things from the book. Either way. Um, I, I think what's interesting to me is, is how that's played, right? Is like, he feels bad about it and, um, and it's like immediately downplayed by Cecil because like, yeah, in the book it was, uh, he, he killed, uh, uh, the dimension guy. Langstrom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. And it's a similar kind of thing where he, he clearly is uncomfortable about it. And he's like, oh my god, I'm. So-. He, he he says to Cecil, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, like I, like I lost control, like I didn't realize that I hit him that fucking hard. And he's like, oh yeah, man, who who could blame you? I would have done the same thing. And it's like, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, on the uh, the DA side of things and and everything, like I I do think that this was like another example of where it's funny because one of my favorite things about the book is the way that it it drops threads and tells stories over like a longer period of time. And I do think it's interesting how this kind of has balanced that with also taking certain storylines and really truncating them, you know, and like something here that like took place 
over the course of several issues and and I think as a result um like Sean pointed out feels kind of felt kind of unsatisfying here like you get enough of it where it feels more complete you know like Marco said like if this was like a one-off appearance like it's kind of like okay cool like this feels like it was tied off in a neat bow but I also think it does a good job of like laying the idea that it could go somewhere right because like Mark's like oh like what are you gonna do and he's like oh I'm leaning towards locking him up and throwing and you know throwing away the key but uh it's interesting technology and like yeah go ahead John I I think that of of what we read for the book club that we did uh that was one of the the less interesting stories so I was pretty pleased to see that they they dealt with it, they gave it life, but they did it in in a one shot type of deal. Um, Mark needed to be a kid in in one of these episodes. You know, he needed to go and have you know a normal experience, and they took the perfect story for that, and then took off all the fat, and that made this that made that story work so well in this context. And I don't care if they bring back DA or not, or what happens with, I care about what happens with Rick, but like, if those things are just done, cool. Yeah. Cause like, it feels like it got it. It's moment. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, this is something that, uh, Kale tied on or pulled on earlier. And he had kind of made a comment about last week. Um, we see Mark, this Mark, right. Going through this kind of like, debate internally of like if this superhero thing is for him right and like is he good at it is like is this a path forward for him um or you know should he potentially consider like what his life looks like if he wasn't invincible um how how did you guys feel about that like how, how do you feel about that as a as a development for the character it's extremely common uh, every single superhero story I've ever seen at some point has that. And um, it's fine, I guess. I really would have... I, I would love it if if Mark was just like, yeah, I love this. Like, he just loves being a superhero and that's where he's at with it, even if he is learning. I think there's a lot you can do with that type of story. Um, you know, kind of kind of like Tom Holland's Spider-Man where he's just, he's he's in you know, yeah. he's learning. He mess. He makes mistakes. He's not perfect, but he's trying every day, and he loves what he does. And I would love for that to be the way Mark sees it. And if you want to have that conversation, maybe when he's a little more mature, maybe when he has a kid, maybe when there's something at stake outside of himself, that would make a lot more sense to me. Um, that just doesn't quite jive with the character that I know so far, anyways. That he's having that. He's asking that question. It, it seems soon too. Yeah. Um... You know, I think in in real life, people have these kinds of questions about their occupations, you know, kind of years into having that. Like, there's a thing about how a lot of people change career paths when they turn 30, because when you do something for a few years, maybe you start really second guessing, like, is this really what I want to do for another 20 years? Right. And, you know, he's only been doing this for a little while. Uh, it, It seems quick for that kind of existential questioning of his life, like his path. For me, though, like, uh, think about the trajectory we've seen through through the show. 
like since he's got his powers, basically all that's happened to him. He's got the shit kicked out of him and he's almost died twice. His dad started being mean to him and now his parents are on the brink of divorce. Like, hey, he can't keep his girlfriend. Yeah. I don't blame him. Like that's I think that's where I'm at with it is like I feel kind of like multi faceted about it like i do think um it feels a little soon and like i i am kind of feeling um what you laid out there sean where like that's that is very much mark's vibe in the books right is like he's very excited to be a superhero and you know he's eager to prove himself and and i i think we'll get there um but i think like that feels like a byproduct of like nolan still being around is that like Mm. they're leaning into the him struggling to juggle being a superhero with being a normal kid. Whereas like, he doesn't really do that in the books when you think about it, right? Like he has his powers in high school for a few months and then his dad, you know, and him have the falling out and everything. And that's like a few weeks before he starts college. And then it's kind of like he goes off and then he's on his own, you know? And like, yeah, like he's still, his mom's around or whatever, but he's kind of like, his own person he's off doing his own thing and like it's not as rigid it's easier for him to be a college student who doesn't show up and or is gone for weeks or whatever because it's college and nobody gives a shit you know like his life is more rigid right now and i feel like we're getting to that kind of like spider-man like oh i've got a date with gwen but i also gotta go i got class and i gotta be spider-man and you know like it it would be nice though if he did like right now there's so much melodrama all at once. Like if, if we could at least focus on less melodrama and like, if you liked being a superhero right now, that would be a little levity in a situation where it's like, he's having relationship problems. His parents are having relationship problems. He's getting his ass beat every episode. Uh, and he's having these like existential questions about his destiny and stuff. Like every episode is really packed with the melodrama right now. Uh, it would be nice if like we can just kind of parse that out a little more, but I understand we are, we're only playing with like what eight or nine episodes this season. Yeah. We have eight. So we have so, two more. Yeah. I think the thing, I think the thing too is like in the, especially pre Nolan turn Nolan's turn. It's not just that Mark is invincible physically. There's a degree of like his personality and his spirit that's invincible. Like he knows what he wants to do. He he's seen his dad do this. He knows he can do it too. Yeah, he takes his licks, but he gets back up. Yeah, right. and, and that's what's missing. I think. Yeah, endearing. you're right. But I also think that like what what I guess is is tough for me is I also think it's endearing to uh, explore the idea of like being a, a a teenager and having this idea of what the world is like and this optimism about your future. And then realizing that it's a lot more complicated than you thought. Like, I think that that is also um, an area that's really narratively rich. But I don't, I feel like to Phil's point, right, because it's it feels more truncated, I, I don't feel like I'm getting the full weight of that. So, like, it, it feels a little bit half-baked in that, in that regard. That's a good way to describe it. When you put all the melodrama in six episodes like this and really focus on it like that, none of it gets time to fully breathe. The only thing I'll say uh, in addition uh, is that um, this is the story of his whole life as far as I know. Yeah. And it's hard for me to believe that this will be the only time he asks himself that question. And I think that 
Um, you know, you can, there's, you know, the law of diminishing returns. I think there's a, a more interesting place for him to struggle with this than now for me. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, so I, I wanted to uh, to pull on some some other threads that have kind of been developing in the background that we, we saw some movement on here. Um, in my notes, I take notes every time we watch uh, in, t- in anticipation of hosting these episodes. And I wrote, Nolan, in the case of the worst hiding spot ever. <laughs> Where he just, he's like, oh, I feel, I feel like Deb might be suspicious. I better go check my hiding spot in the living room of the home we share. <laughs> like, motherfucker, put it on Everest. Right? I feel like that's what I said in one of the like the things where it's just like, why is it there? It, you it, did. it yeah, makes yeah. no yeah. sense. Yeah, we were riffing on it last week. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, why would you put it there? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Uh, I to to what you guys mentioned about like uh, Mark not knowing what what he wants to do and and figuring stuff out. I think that played better for Adam Eve, um, yep. where yep. she uh, she definitely was in a situation where she was feeling pressured because she had already been a hero. She'd done it for a little bit. Uh, and also now she was getting to a point in her, in her life where she could continue to do that, find a job, go to school, do something more. But she was in a place where she was stuck and didn't want to do any of that. And I, they weaved the last episode where she was doing the helping out at the soup kitchen stuff pretty well with this one because she's like well this is something i want to do this interests me so much so that how can i augment that with the powers that i have so i i really felt for for her in this episode uh fuck the dad because he's an asshole and like um <laughs> i do like him coming out the back door though <laughs> that, was <laughs> that was so funny, funny. <laughs> Hold on! um and it, it's uh it's a good way for her to have her own like personal growth that's sort of in the background because she's a really strong character. She's really resilient. And um, I, I, I definitely like her portrayal. Sean, in the book club, you kind of talked about how uh, you weren't crazy about her whole Save Africa deal shtick. Yeah. Uh, no. Did that resonate more with you in the show here? No. <laughs> um, cool. But they ha- to be fair, they haven't really dived too deep into that. We don't really see a ton of whatever she's going to do. Yeah. But uh, as it stands right now, no. Okay. But is she, uh, she went to like someplace in the middle of the boonies, right? Like she's still in the States is my understanding. It looked like it. She was the, maybe Canada. I don't know. But the, the landscape looked like it was like, uh, like coniferous, like the big fucking pine tree type things, you know? Oh, you don't think that was part of the country of Africa? No, I don't think so. I don't think they have trees like that <laughs> in the, the great nation of Africa. <laughs> um yeah i think uh i i liked that montage i i agree with you marco like i i liked um i liked the way that that was shown because i think that that like as a a choice for a, a superhero is like pretty novel <laughs> like the idea of like yeah like instead of like worrying about like you know stopping alien invasions or whatever like i'm gonna save people like i'm gonna you know help help uh actively make the world a better place in ways that don't involve me fighting people. Right. And like you see her in her like home base or whatever, like looking at the news and she's like, not this, like not this disaster, not this thing. It's like, Oh, like this place has a water. There's a drought right now. I'm going to go there and, and irrigate this, this farm. Right. And like, I, I, 
I like that a lot. I think that's another one of those kind of like novel looks at um the broader realities of what superheroics could could be or could be used for or whatever. Um and I, I you know, to pawn what Sean said, like I I am interested to see how that's handled over the course of, you know, a few episodes. Um because if this is all we get, I would I would be disappointed. But I, I have a feeling that that's not going to be the case. Hmm. Um, and I it's funny because while you guys are talking about the thing about wanting uh, to see that passion from Mark, like I feel like you got that in that Eve montage of like she comes home at the end of the day and she's like all tired and and beat up or whatever a little bit and she's and like there's that moment of like she lays down and like she looks satisfied, right? It's like a job yeah. well done kind of moment. Um, and I, yeah, I do feel like we haven't, we haven't seen Mark come close to a moment like that, uh, on his side of the fence. Yeah. And I I would just like to see that from him, you know, find the joy in it. Yeah. Um, so with the, uh, the Nolan and, and, and stuff going on with, with Dev, um, we, we talked about this last week and I kind of asked you guys if you felt like Debbie knew or if she was on the cusp of knowing and you know um kind of like a mixed response there right obviously in this episode she goes to art and has her kind of suspicions confirmed uh one way or the other um and then you know ultimately like confronts nolan about it in kind of an indirect way um how did you guys feel about that and do you feel like we're coming close to the head or do you think that's going to be the finale um, I, I was surprised because I feel like that's kind of the end game. And obviously they showed the immortal be going to, you know, he's going to be resurrected or whatever. The Mahler the twins two, insurance. Two, yeah. <laughs> um, and so they're, that's how they're going to ultimately, I assume, get Mark to know what's going on. Uh, but how they can resolve Debbie's stuff with her husband now that she's out and out accused him of killing the uh the justice league or whatever the um, guardians the guardians uh i don't i i mean i wait and see i guess but i don't see how they can coexist with that i mean they might on. they might not that might be why she you know takes a dive you know what i mean like like she, she well no uh she, she you know uh, becomes an alcoholic and and you know gets is depressed is because she yeah. she won't get that resolution of her husband. Mm. That's but, interesting. But okay, yeah, yeah, I see that. But like, do you see them having more encounters about this issue? Does she take action? Like, I don't. I don't think so. I I I would bet the next episode is going to be them resurrecting the immortal and the immortal's confrontation for uh, you know of Omni Man. And then Mark and and Nolan is the last episode. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm kind of thinking it's either going to be that or the conclusion of the next episode is going to be the beginning of that. You know, like maybe we get the like 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 uh, Nolan and and Immortal start fighting next episode. And Mark shows up and is like, "What the fuck's happening?" And then yeah. the next episode is we we join this combat already in progress. <laughs> I think I think that's where it's going to be heading because uh, I I don't know um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know where Debbie's going to go from here. So I think it makes sense that they're just going to kind of focus on Mark and Nolan now. And uh, yeah, that, that, that just makes sense. Because, I mean, especially with this this version of Nolan, like where else can it go? Right. She confronts him. He's probably going to kill her. Like, <laughs> I mean, he, she did, though. Well, I mean, in a real way. Yeah, sure. You know, she pushes him too far. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm really interested to see how that, that moment plays out because I think I've definitely agreed with what Kale said in terms of like the different portrayal of, of Omni-Man and, and, you know, um, just him, him being a very different Nolan than, than the one that we know from the books, but like specifically his, uh, meeting with art in this episode was where that was like really, really cemented for me of like how different things are. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see, I'm interested to see where these last two episodes take us and how we kind of land the plane from here. But, uh, yeah. Um, if you guys want to let us know what you thought about, uh, episode six of invincible, um, please let us know, uh, in the comments below, wherever you got this episode, write into us at the comics, at gmail.com or come join our discord, uh, where you can come and, uh, chat about the show in our TV party, uh, chat where it's just all filled with black bars these days where we're talking about uh, this and and uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. So, of course, uh, go come come chat with us. Let us know what you're thinking about the book uh, or about the show. show. If you want to let us know what you think about the book, go check out our book club that we did for the first 35 issues of Invincible. And, of course, uh, if this is your first time joining us, uh, make sure you go check out our sister show. We watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier. where We've been reviewing uh, every episode of that show as it drops every week. And then, of course, you can come check out the Comics Pals proper, where we have our weekly podcast where we talk about everything going on in the world of comics uh, and the you know related media, you know, with uh, all your favorite characters. So um, if that sounds like your bag, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, I'm going to give you the Comics Pals challenge to go check out a bunch of our other stuff and find some other cool shit that you will vibe with as well. Uh, Thank you guys so much for joining us. We will catch you next week for another episode of We Watched Invincible. Take it easy. Wubba-dubba-dub-dub. What's here, right?